<laughs> Perfection is within my hands. Or grass, damn it, I always had it right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Semi-Perfect. I'm your host, Saul, and this is my co-host, M. Do not confuse me with that other M. I would murder it. <laughs> yeah, that's... Despite his name, that is a very sore spot with him. And I mean very sore. I can see the wound from here. Uh, I've told Soul once that all his hatred towards the new TMNT does not compare to mine. Didn't you actually work up the urge to write a review about that game because it was so bad? Yeah. It's... If anyone, someone once told me that game was terrible, but at least the gameplay was good, I punched them out for that lie. And I never played that one. Good. I envy you. In so much. In case you're wondering what series of games we're talking about this time, we are talking about the Metroid series. The galaxy is at peace. Bullshit. <laughs> no, the galaxy at peace because Samus wants five minutes of sleep. If she told everyone, hey, I'm going if anyone wakes me up. Yeah, but she's the person that you look at and it seems that you can think it's sleep through a battlefield. And we have a special guest this episode. It's not just Carmen in the background. We've got Mike Cat Hudson. Hi, Hudson. I'm just now trying to make sure four technical members to the show. Just trying to make sure he doesn't walk on my laptop and turn <laughs> things off. Because a minute ago I was watching a video and he walked on and somehow turned a mode to full screen. I didn't know was an available full screen. Oh God! I was when I first started talking to uh, Ryan for the other podcast. I had the keyboard next to me because I was trying to make room for everything on my little table. Mm. Carmel goes up on the bed and steps on the exit key and completely cuts off the phone call. <laughs> so I had to quickly call him back to let him know. No, everything's okay. My dog was just being a pain in the ass. Yeah, I've met his dog. His dog can be kind of a little bit precious, but a little pain in the ass. Look, I told my dog to speak in headbutts, okay? Let's just leave it at that. All right. So, uh... Seeing Metro as this is your favorite series of games, why don't you start off with a brief history of the game? I actually don't know if Metroid is my favorite series of games. It's definitely one of the big four. Like well, it's, it's, either... more, it's more towards you than it is to me. Well, let's leave it at that. Yeah. But, um, as much as love a sci-fi game. Yeah, that, that is very strange. I'm actually, I think I'm a sci-fi guy, but then I look at my sci-fi list and it's actually not as big as yours. But this one is probably the most sci-fi game out there and it's not yours. <laughs> so I think it's because of, I'll get into that in a little bit later probably when we talk about the styles. Yeah. But I think it's when we discuss the Gears of the Universe talk that we had. Sure. I think that's why I diverted from it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, Metroid is a, well one of the granddaddies of Nintendo's franchises. It was made in 86, I think? I will look that up, actually. You go on with your little history spiel. Yeah, it was made by the late, great Gungpa Yokoi. Hudson, don't walk on keys. I'm petting you already, and you that's my boss. Professionalism, ladies and gentlemen, professionalism. <laughs> uh, I don't have an ounce of it. <laughs> Good, that's why you got me here. But uh, yeah, uh, it was made by the late great Gungpa Yokoi, who was the father of uh, a lot of great Nintendo stuff, including the Game Boy. Like, so the idea of handheld Nintendo consoles, we have him to thank for. And it's the 
basically, Nintendo splits himself into several development groups, and I know one of them is called Nintendo R&D 1. And they're the guys that make a lot of more uh, obscure games. But uh, Metroid is basically what happens when a, when a Japanese developer watches the movie Aliens when, <laughs> too many times. You're actually right. August 6, 1986. Oh, well, I didn't expect to be that right, so... Uh, oh God. That was the Japan release. We got it. Actually, that's the Famicom, Famicom Disk System. It was released on in the yeah. It was it was originally a Famicom Disk. We got a butchered version for the Nintendo because they didn't have enough. Like they weren't sure if Metroid would sell well enough to have a battery pack. It was actually an eighty-eight in America and Europe. On the so it's still system. older than I am. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, basically the plot of Metroid is you're hired by some federation, to hunt down some sort of secret alien weapon called the Metroid that was stolen by space pirates. Yada, 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 yada. You go around destroying their generals, their elites, destroying the Metroids so they can't be used, destroying their squishy brain, and ZOMNG, this bounty hunter robot is a chick! And that's one of the most important things about Metroid, is it established pretty much the first female protagonist in gaming. Yeah. And she kick butt. Well, she had power armor at the wazoo. Any, I would love. That. Yeah, but at the same time, one man freaking army. I don't care what kind of power armor you have. When you're invading an entire planet that's already infested with things that have already taken over other planets. Yeah. Look, all I'm saying is the power armor was a huge help. That's why I love the remake of the original Metroid game, where they take that away from you. And then it's a stealth game. Whee! Yeah, and it tells you how much of a threat those things are. Then you get the weapons back, and then they're no longer a threat, and they actually start hiding from you. I love that. <laughs> I remember seeing videos of that. That was fun. Yeah, but uh, Metroid has always been a very... Well, Metroid is the f- creator of a genre of game called Metroidvania, which is plopped on a map. You have to explore it, find power-ups, and you know just fill out the map, fight various big bosses, get new weapons or upgrades, and explore mm-hmm. older parts of the map. It's also the game that really introduced backtracking, where, hey, you got this new gun that opens these red doors. Hey, there were red doors back in that area five hours ago. Go back there. Now, some of the best Metro games have very little backtracking, and it's often only used for, hey, you notice there was a red door back there. You don't need to go there, but there might be something there. Open up the door. Ooh, extra health. Extra ammo. Yeah, despite playing almost every Metroid game, uh, the only three I didn't play was the one M has a complete total hatred for. The fan base recreation uh, was it recreation? Um, uh, it's uh, it's referred to as another uh, Return of Samus remake. Mm-hmm. And which... the pinball game. Yeah. I have played all but the remake, mostly because I don't have a laptop that doesn't. It isn't a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah, and it can't handle a two D game. So I'm just telling you what my laptop is capable of. Eesh. Yeah, yeah, but I have played and beaten all but one Metroid game. Which one's that? The original. Hmm. I just never had the patience for. I beat. Um, the sequel, Return of Samus, which was for the Game Boy, when it came out on the 3DS, I bought it, and I beat it, and I'm like, this is really not aged well. Good, but not aged well. Mm-hmm. 
but it was definitely a style of game. Like the, the, it, it was too clunky for me yeah. in some areas. The only but, one I could actually confirm that I've beaten was the one for Super Metroid. Yeah, the Super Nintendo Super Metroid is the one that has n- not only one of the single greatest games on the Super Nintendo. I mean, oftentimes it's put next to things like Super Mario World, Legend of Zelda, Chrono Trigger. And given or, the Super Nintendo's um, hist- or library and history of good games, I think that's impressive. Is especially considering it's still being well, it pretty much birthed the idea of speed running, which is where hey you have a game let's see how fast you can beat it with as many handicaps well not handicaps but by doing as little in the game you can do, and people still speed run Metro, Super Metroid this day finding new ways of getting through things with like I've seen, just Look, if you want I've to be seen a, the bomb jumping people you're nuts. <laughs> I've seen the tricks for, hey, I don't have this ability to survive lava. I'm going to run through this lava anyway because I can clip and then bounce a certain way and barely touch the lava. And I'm just like, no thanks. I'll take my long way and go get the 12 power-ups I need before I can get the one power-up that lets me go through that lava. Yeah, I actually discovered by accident a way to kill one of the bosses with ease in that game. Did you discover it by using the grapple beam? Yes. Everyone discovers that on their own, and it's so amazing. But there's apparently a speedrun glitch where if you speed boost into the boss, you turn blue, and you can get, like, ridiculous superpowers from it. I'm going to have to look that up now, because I did not know about that one. Yeah, basically, that boss has the ability of shooting goop on you, so you run slower. But if you hold the run button, Samus still builds up momentum to go faster and faster. So eventually, if you do that just right, you'll get the speed boost in like no area of running, but because she's still running at full speed, but not running at all. Mm-hmm. So then she just stops and does what our attack called the Shine Spark, which. <laughs> yeah, good luck in the way of that thing. Unless basically you're on the planet, you're screwed. Yeah, basically, this is the Shine Spark is like what happens when the Flash decides, I'm going to punch you as hard as I can. As only fast Samus, as I can. And Sa- only for only Samus is like, I'm gonna tackle you. With Not those much giant Samus shoulder and, Med- and Flash to tackle each other at their fastest speeds. And see the world end. <laughs> and that world, and that world, and that world, and that continuity. <laughs> that one wasn't even related to those two. Damn it, Barry. But um Yeah, so pretty much every Metroid game you have you're on a mysterious planet, or two of them have you on space stations, and you have to gather powers and yeah, to find out what's going on with that area. Usually it's space parts have taken something they shouldn't have gotten their hands onto. Let's prevent them from using that stupidly. To, huh, this entire planet's ripped into two parallel universes. Might want to stabilize that. Yeah! Science is not exactly this world's best friend in some regards. It's really more science fantasy, I find, than yeah, science Yeah, I'm just fiction. saying, like, if you're going to try and minute everything, yeah. you're well, going to be here a while. Look, the very first example of how they decides to take physics out, out back and shoot it is the Morph Ball, where Sam is a, what, six-foot-plus-tall six woman. Somewhere around six feet. Compacts to the size of a football. Not the crappy one made of pigskin, the hand egg. No, I mean the actual football, the one you kick with your feet. All because in the original game, they couldn't figure out how to make her crouch or crawl. So they just made her into a ball and rolled around and it became a I staple. I just think she turns into a hamster inside of that thing. <laughs> yeah, I-, I like to think just one of her shoulder pads pops off and rolls away and she remotely controls it. 
And then she teleports to it. <laughs> yeah, she has huge shoulder pads. Which I, which is a thing me and Solo argue about. He doesn't like them. I do. <laughs> I just think they're unnecessary. I'd like to think they do something. Maybe they, one of them contains her snacks. Well, if you're going to go with this much world bus, you're going to need a snack or two. Yeah, I, I just want you to think that one opens up and it has like a sandwich and a beer in there for her. No, no, one is snacks, one is drinks. No, no, the other one just the other one just contains like you know random sensors you might need. Ammunition. <laughs> well, a magazine, a magazine, to, a magazine while you're taking those long elevator lord screens. <laughs> <laughs> now I just picture elevator music. Samus just goes down to scroll with a magazine in front of her, her helmet and just goes. <laughs> I'm just seeing her, like, ironically do a, qui- a Cosmos qu- <laughs> quiz or something like that, just because she couldn't find anything else at the space market. Now I'm just thinking her with a thought bubble above her head, like, and, um, it's like a, a somebody-letter word for elimination. <laughs> <laughs> just a thought bubble pop above her head. Yeah. But, uh... yeah, Metroid, it is just... It also could be one of the more ridiculously hard series. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, if you go for everything. Yeah. Or if especially or if you do the reverse and go for nothing. Yeah, it's one of those things where there's a challenge in every way. Less yeah, challenge it, after you collect everything because of all the health. Yeah. But it's a challenge to collect everything. Yeah, because some of those collectibles require you to go through four or five rooms in a certain way. So you manage to keep a speed boost, which you lose if you stop. But if you jump, you activate the shine spark. So what do you do? You jump, shine spark, touch a touch a ramp, and then start running in so you don't lose your speed and just keep zigzagging up until you get to one power, which is usually just five extra missiles. It's not worth the effort. I usually end up being a Metroid game with like 80, 90% of the items because I get to some like, all right, I need to go through 12 rooms and no. I don't have, I don't have the... Dexterity for that. My thumbs are already broken. I'm moving on. Yeah. There so, is only one Metroid game I ever 100%ed, and it's the easiest Metroid game in the entire series, in my opinion. That's right. Prime 3. I can pretty much play Prime 3 blindfolded. Yeah, well, Prime 3... Was that the one that first came out for the... We, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. It's the easiest of, the, of all the Metroid games, not just the Prime games, but I... Just because it's easy doesn't make it bad, in my opinion. Yeah. I think what made that easier was the free aiming, is what a lot of people said, but I can't... I don't find the free aiming made. I find it was the actual main gimmick of the game, the hyper mode system, where you give up a, ha- a tank of HP, like 100%, 100 units of HP, to shoot everything with a really powerful gun, and if you can time it right, you get infinite ammunition with it. So I did some rooms by only giving it 100 health and just like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you're nuked, you're nuked, you're nuked, you're nuked. Oop, better not kill you. I need to wait for my thing to recharge. After a while, the game would kick you out, kick me out of it. I'm like, no, I was kicking butt with that. Give it back. And then reality slapped you across the head. No, then I just gave up another 100, 100 tank just to kill that one guy left out of principle. You might I, be a little vindictive there, buddy. I might be a little bit vindictive, yes, especially in the Prime games. But, um, well, the Prime games. Well, what's happened when you take a beloved 2D series and make it a first-person action-adventure? A first-person shooter. To talk to. They made it a first-person shooter game. A first-person adventure game, they called it. And, yeah, it's way slower than things of, like, Call of Duty 
or Halo, which is action-packed, you know, run from one set piece to another shooting things. Metroid Prime is you enter a room, you slowly walk around and explore it and deal with the flora and fauna there. And puzzle solving. A lot of the puzzles in the Prime games are really good. Won't argue that one. Yeah. I still hate the moving statues. Why are you moving? <laughs> uh, although I said Prime 3 is the easiest and that doesn't make it bad, Prime 2 is the hardest and it's my favorite. I don't know if it's my favorite Metroid game, but it's definitely my favorite Prime game. Could that be because of the protagonist? Uh, I do freaking love the protagonist of the Metroid. We should probably talk about Samus Aran and uh, just why she is one of gaming's greatest icons, despite the fact that not a lot of people play her games. All right. Well, here's the thing. It, this is what kind of threw me off on some of it, because it's in all the Metro games, it's still the same one, but originally she had green hair. Yeah. That was I, just... Well, no, no. Originally she had brown hair. The green hair was a quirk of that f- piece of armor she wore. But Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, when I originally saw it was green hair, and it just confused Oh, me. yeah, yeah. The infamous Justin Bailey code, which puts her in a... Which destroys her power suit, but makes her herself have all her superpowers, and gives her a purple leotard and green hair. But when you beat the game, she takes off her armor and has brown hair. So if you're in Justin Bailey and do the, what's required in order to get the uh, armorless suit, she glows and then has... Her hair turns from green to brown. And then, didn't they recon at the blonde? She is now but a blonde since I want Hi, Hudson. That's his tail just wagging about. <laughs> but yeah, um, she's been a blonde. I want to. I, I know for a fact she was a blonde in Super Metroid. And I think she may have been one in uh, the Game Boy one, but as that's a Game Boy game. Yeah, it's kind of. I, I can confirm the blonde in Super Metroid because I. Well, not fast enough to get her completely out of the armor. I got her helmet to come off. Really? All you have to do is die. And her armor explodes, revealing, you know, just her. Yeah, but I've done that so many times, it's kind of one of those things you see so often, you just kind of don't pay attention. Yeah, fair enough. But, um, that's another thing. A lot of people don't are really surprised when you find out she's like six foot something. I've admitted I was surprised. I mean, damn. Yeah, a lot of people think, oh, she's just really tall because that suit. No, that's pretty much her natural height. I mean, the suit's not helping anything being imposing. I think the suit bumps her up to almost seven foot. I believe it. But she's almost, like, I think in Other M, they tried to retro, retcon her to being five-something, and the fans were like, no, keep her giant. Yeah, I was fine with her being six foot. I think it makes her a lot, very interesting. It's just, you know, not only is she, you know, I'm, let's admit it, she's, she's smoking hot. Mm-hmm. But it's also really nice that, you know, she's taller than most protagonists, especially, like, Link. He's not six, he's like five, four times. Yeah, what was it? He was, he was like the Japanese height for men, and the women were like the European height for women, or something like I that? I think, something like that, yeah. Like, he's average height for a man in Japan, but the women are average height for Europeans, so they all seem to come become taller than he is. Yeah, and he's just... <laughs> for a side, for a small tangent, then we have Mario's height involved in that three, those three Nintendo characters, and they're like... Well, Mario's what... height was always so inconsistent, so let's not go there. Yeah, uh, good old Red Luigi. Yeah, Super Mushrooms did not make that game because if he, because if he had had he had the Super Mushroom become Super, and his normal form is his default form, he's a goddamn midget. 
but he doesn't do that anymore. So did he naturally become tall? Was he er? like, a, like a child when he first did this? And how did he get such a thick mustache? He was a child. Or are all those old games where he gets tall, taller actually in the future where he started to shrink with old age? Stop and think about that. The Mario timeline is very confusing. What timeline? <laughs> exactly. Actually, that can bring us back to Metroid. Metroid is one of the few Nintendo games that actually has an established timeline. And I can't follow it worth a damn. Metroid. The Prime Trilogy. Return of Samus. Super. <laughs> then it ends with Fusion. I think it cut out there, Em. I didn't catch that other one. No, I didn't cut out at all. I said the proper name for it. We'll get there, folks. Don't worry. You'll get to hear him ramble shortly. Now, okay, oddly but, enough, the shining point of this besides Samus, who is... I'm not... Was she a war orphan, or was her parents died of something else? Uh, her parent, her birth parents died because space pirates attacked their human colony, and she is the lone survivor. Okay, pretty much war orphan. Got it. Yeah. I don't remember what her parents... I don't even know if they mentioned her parents. This is all told in the official manga, which is canon, even though the current head of Met, the Metroid team kind of likes to ignore it, even though he said it was canon, and... Yeah. Look, That's, if I had to argue what is is non-canon in a Metroid series, I don't think we're going to get anywhere fast. Yeah, but um, then she's raised by a group of space birds, known as the Chozo, which are basically... Um, really, really tall, anthropomorphic chickens. Yeah, and basically they're like... I guess bird Jedi that decide to, instead of making lightsabers, made power suits instead. I can go with it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Here's a question for you. Sure. Now, I know they're really, 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 really smart, because they made mm-hmm. a ton of shit. Mm-hmm. Top of the list, uh, Guardian Statues, Mother Brains, I think was the original creation of theirs? Yeah. Okay. Because I know the Federation started using uh, Mother Brains. Yeah, know, they started so. making their own versions, yeah. Yeah, but I... I did think I remember that that was originally a chosen creation thing. Yeah. Which still has a lot of questions raised about it, but we'll get into that. It's, it, it, it's an AI crapshoot. But it's an actual brain! Yeah, but it's mostly, it was grown in, grown in a tube. And then had lots of cybernetic implants into it. But weren't they also called a warrior race? Or um, am I wrong on that one? They are and they aren't. I mean... Some of them split up. Like in one of the in the first Prime game, you land on a planet where a bunch bunch of them left their war uh, their technological ways and became space hippies. So yeah, that explains so much about the dual areas. Yeah, <laughs> but um, because they had they, to they, train they, Samus before she went. Through. Yeah, there were a warrior cast, and uh, the power suit was made for their people originally. So yeah, there are Metroids. There are not Metroid. There are Chozos who are warriors. Please, there are Chozos. Don't Metroids in power armors. They're scary enough as is. That's why I love fusion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are Chozos who are warriors. Chozos who are scientists. Chozos who are spiritualists. Chozos who are f- fortune tellers, and they actually could do that pretty well too. So they're pretty much a basic society, really. They're basically yeah, a really advanced society. It basically, it's what happens if the Jedi society, you know. Let's all, let's be about peace and love, but when someone comes and knocking on our door with shit, let's answer this giant gun. I like him already. <laughs> yeah. But when you start the series, they're all gone. 
Yeah. We, that's one of the major mysteries of the series is where they go. Weren't they wiped out by the space pirates? Some say they were wiped out by the space pirates, but on, they had colonies on several different planets. Why don't we hear from these other we, we There are three planets we go to that I can think off the top of my head that have Chozos on them. Uh, Zebus, which is where Prime, uh, which is where Metroid 1 and Super Metroid take place. SR388, which is where Return of Samus and a very small part of Metroid Fusion takes place. And Prime 1 has Talon 4. I just remember there's also a, another one in Prime 3, Elysium, where they just left. Well, I always just assumed when Mother Brain joined with the pirates, it kind of went south for the Chozo. That's what happened to Zebus ones. But we don't. We know what happened to the SR three eighty eight ones. They made them. The they got killed by Metroids on that one. Talon four, they got killed by the Phazon, which is a plot point of the Prime series. Elysium, they just left. They actually tell you that they just up and left. Why? <laughs> the neighbors were dickheads. We're leaving. Yeah. But they left Elysium with a race of sentient robots that have their own lives. They just, they just decide to build a observatory in the sky called Sky City to observe other planets, filled it with robots to help them do their jobs, gave the robots kind of free will, and then decide, you know what? We're going to leave. Uh, you guys take care of Sky City. We love you. Bye-bye. Our job here is done. And they're just like, okay. That's one of the things about Metroid is that Metroid has a lot of mysteries. I, there's a reason why I compared this to Alien, and it's not just because of badass female lead and a monster called Ridley named after the director, Ridley Scott, <laughs> and, you know, the whole fighting aliens. He was a space dragon. Yeah. There's an air of mystery we're never going to get solved, and part of me wants that mystery solved, and then, then I remember what happened with the movie Prometheus which solved a lot of alien questions, and it should not have. <laughs> yeah. Although that does give me the mental image of I want to see a Predator try and fight Samus. With or without the power suit? <laughs> Either or. Because with... <laughs> this is going to be a long fight. No, because with, she has a heat visor, an x-ray visor, an echo visor, and a visor that sees through different dimensions. He's not hiding. But uh, what is the main pro- or main character without the villains? Now, as we mentioned, we do have Ridley, who is a giant space dragon. Leader who... of the space pirates, which I don't know how he can lead, considering all he can do is make a loud, roaring noise. Although he looks freaking sweet in Smash. It's all body language. He points with his tail and rips heads off. <laughs> Did the commander just tell us to, to nuke that planet or to bring him flowers? Do both. We'll be safer that way. <laughs> Huh, he just killed those two. Well, they invaded that planet he told us never to go to, and he brought them, brought them flowers, and he's allergic to flowers. What See, idiots. This is why i just glad I'm just the janitor here. Because whenever he looks at me and points, I just have to clean. <laughs> Give that guy a promotion. Fuck. Oh, crap. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the only other major reoccurring... There are other characters that show up in other games a few times, uh... The, well, the originally named Dark Samus. Mm-hmm. I may love that character, but it's not well named. Wasn't she, she was originally a giant mutated Metroid, yes. Metroid that at the end... Uh, absorbs 
absorbed he... Samus's suit to have a corporeal body based off Samus. Yeah. And then decided <laughs> to come back and try and kill her. Like With everything else in the galaxy. Yeah. And then we got the X-Parasites. Which only really appear in one game, so but they are a really interesting idea. Which were my which was actually my favorite Metro game now that I think about it, because it had so many more yeah, innovations Fusion towards is, it. Fusion is either my favorite or second favorite Metroid game. I keep flip flopping on it or Prime Two are my favorites. Hey M, what's more deadly than one Samus? Ten. With yeah. no soul. Yeah. And all the powers of her suit. <laughs> uh, yeah, all of her powers from the end of Super Metroid. Yeah, that's that was one of my scarier things about that. So we yeah, have the, 10 but, Samuses can launch 10 power bombs all at once. All right, I'm, I'm just going to go on a small tangent. People say Resident Evil is one of the scariest game series ever. It got nothing on the Metroid series. <laughs> like, even the original Super Metroid, the SNES game with 18-bit graphics, had so many haunting, creepy moments. Like, you go, go to fight one boss, and you see this one random soldier's corpse covered in, like, these creatures that are just trying to eat his armor. And then you fight a giant boss that's, like, you're the size of his belly button. My favorite boss was the one with, um, I can't think of his name now. He controlled gravity, and his face started melting. Oh, the Nightmare. Yes! That's one of the best ones, too. That is really named, too. Yeah, it's pretty much a flying nightmare of gravitational nightmares. Yeah, and the more you damage it, the more his face melts. Yeah, first it's wearing this metal plate that you blow up, and then it's got this six-eyed face, and every time you shoot a missile, it takes damage, and slowly it turns to mush as it just reeks out of its containment unit. You know what? Shooting lasers at you, making sure you can't jump. Slamming, going to cram in, like just smash you. It's just going to fly right into you. Then it backs up to do it again. He's not a very friendly person. It's so much fun. But before you fight that thing, you keep going back and forth between this room and you see it flying in the background. And you're like, what the hell was that noise? Because you just hear, and you see this shadow zoom behind sounds, and you're like, okay, what was that? Oh god, I'm gonna have to fight that later, aren't I? And you come back. It's still I there. will say god, this still... now. One of the semi characters is a reference to the game M, M- hates. <laughs> what was that? Couldn't quite hear your hatred. <laughs> Ah, we'll move on. Um, see, that's the thing. Here's the main protagonist, or not protagonist, antagonist from Super Metroid was Mother Brain. <laughs> a see, this is what I was confused about because it's pretty much a brain in a jar. Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, we had a few a few small recording issues. We're back with part two, which isn't actually part two, just more of continue on from episode, the part one of this, which you probably want to. So, if, if we repeat ourselves, uh, that's because we had to wait a few days before mm. getting back to this. But once again, I'm Ann, that soul. Right back into what we were discussing, I think, uh, we Mother discuss- Brain. Mother Brain, yes. Well, yeah. I was about that. She is this. Brain in a jar supercomputer, which I still can't figure out how that's supposed to be an AI if it's an actual brain. Okay, from what I understand, the Chozos grew a brain to help function things. It's, she's basically a giant cyborg brain. 
for as much organic that she is, she's highly technological too. I guess the Chozos never really learned how to properly make RAM. I don't know. And if you ever watched Captain N, nothing like that, technically. God, she didn't actually I, have a face. Just a giant creepy eye. Well, okay, later on, she developed a jaw. Actually, later on, she developed a body. I think the jaw was more important the way it shoots lasers at you. Fair point. I, no, it vomits bombs at you. The eye shoots lasers. But, um, yeah, Mother Brain is not the ultimate commander of the space parts. She was just in charge of the Zebus projects the space parts did. A I'm lot saying people... she wasn't dangerous in her own right, though. Good no, no, no. A lot of people think that the Mother Brain is the be-all, end-all commander of the space parts. Technically, I believe that's Ridley. Either that or he's just like a captain of an entire platoon that just... Yeah, because he... he pops up a lot more than anything else in this series. Yeah, Ridley is famous. The... Yeah, Ridley is a the closest thing to the Bowser of the series. And I mentioned, I say Bowser because he's just as incompetent and scary in his to Samus as Bowser yeah, is. Yeah, at this point I'm starting to think that the space pirates are dangerous because of how many there are, not because of any actual intelligence. Yeah, they're they're very dumb. But what, what makes the space pirates dangerous is they clone themselves like stupid fast apparently. Which might be something to do with how st- why they're so stupid. Yeah, um, they incorporate technology from the area they gla- they attack very rapidly, fast. Yeah, for being able to do that, they are not very bright, though. I no, don't... they are not. For, they're not that bright. They're and the other thing that makes them really dangerous is they have no morals. They will experiment on each other constantly to try and get better technology. Here's the question. Do you think they're uh, some sort of, like, semi-hive mind, or are they just stupid? In the Prime games, they have a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a science hierarchy, there's a command hierarchy, there's a grunt lower hierarchy. So, I like to... Th- I've always pictured it as more along the lines of, um... Well, like I said, a hierarchy. There's a, mm-hmm. With each each group having, like, a representative that is, like, the be-all, end-all of their class. You cannot go any higher than your class. Which, considering the science teams, could be pretty dumb. <laughs> well, uh, one, about... one of my favorite things about the Prime Prime One is that the space pirates are in a Chozo planet and they're observing Samus, so they're going to try and recreate Chozo technology. Oh, they understand the beam weapon pretty well. We should try and figure out this morph ball technology. We'll try this prototype on that guy. Ew! Oh, I can see his bones poking out. Next, <laughs> and they basically say no survivors from Morph Ball prototypes. Well, speaking of stupid things, why is it that Samus's weapons is the key to opening doors? Uh, they actually explain that every door has a barrier on them. This mm-hmm. barrier is to prevent the local prevent the local uh, fauna from just wandering in. It, if you deactivate the barrier, the door automatically opens up. So if you hit it with enough energy, that deactivates the barrier. Couldn't there just be a key card or something like that? Well, there probably is key cards because there are some key rooms in Metroid that do require external means. Like there's in Prime Three, you actually have to enter a code in a few times by pointing at the, pointing your Wiimote and tapping in codes. It was kind of annoying, but I think the reason why there are no key cards is just. Well, one, it's a gameplay mechanic, and two... Samus has no pockets. 
I actually think she probably does. But, <laughs> I know, but uh, I just like that. So the other reason is, is basically Sam is just overriding the door. Like, I've always pictured that look, her arm cannon is clearly really advanced. I always pictured that she just looks at the door and goes, okay, I need this frequency to overload this door. Bang. And they actually do kind of use that for the ice doors, the plasma doors, the wave doors in the Prime game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah, you do have the question, Does uh, the, do the space parts have to walk around with four different, like, energy shooters? I'm just saying that also seems a lot more dangerous because you risk blowing something up, like the wall next to it. No, so you're American. You have to like guns being used all the time for everything. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm I sorry. I also like Krogan's. <laughs> so I go both ways. I'm just saying, using that. And the Krogan's yeah. don't use explosive to open doors. They just like, ran through I'm, it. The Prime games could have done something else. They could have used the scan visor to open the door, but they decided to because in Super Metroid and the original Metroid, you had to use your beam to open doors. Well, let's just roll with it. We'll, we'll, let's just hand wave explain it. It's one of those things where... Look, I just wanted to point it out there. That just seems... Like, yeah, I, I, I always kind of like get the, it, but it also seems kind of silly. I always picture like the Galactic Federation on their own ships, like having one guy with like five different tasers in his pocket to just short at the doors so they can go in, and he always uses the batteries for the ones with the bathroom. <laughs> oh, God, why is the bathroom locked behind plasma? That one eats battery life so bad! Just go in your spacesuit, man. I'm out of space diapers. But going back on our small tangent, discussing Ridley for a moment, he. Okay, I, 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 I just have to do one small nitpick about Ridley. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited he's in Smash. I'm so happy, but I have one really, really nerdy nitpick. Go he on. has the wrong roar. <laughs> hey, I'm the same with Godzilla, so I can't really argue that. I, I want, like, his 2D era roar. I don't want his uh, fusion roar, because that one went on way too long, way too often. But I want, like, his zero mission roar. Not this more realistic, animalistic thing. I get that's what Sakurai does. Because he gave Bowser a more realistic roar than the ones he's had from the Super Nintendo, from the all the Super Mario games. But it just feels wrong, because Ridley has been like this for years. And... Analytic roar. I'm like, it doesn't it doesn't suit him? Because King K. Rule has his, you know, his gut go go laugh. He doesn't sound like a crocodile. I don't think crocodiles make a noise. Exactly. So come on, Sakurai. Give like if there's like a mod for Smash Ultimate that just fixes that. That's the first mod I'm getting. <laughs> That'll be my project, M. But. Yeah, Ridley is probably the closest thing we see to an intelligent pirate and a higher command. Yeah. He never speaks, but he's clearly, the, like, in in a couple of scenes you see him kind of just lurking and, you know, he, he will attack on sight, but he will be in the background in some scenes. Like, in Zero Mission, you actually see him in his spaceship kind of hunched over. It look like, It almost looks like he's nesting and thinking about what his next move will be until his ship lands and he flies out. Yeah. Um, and in case you're wondering, Ridley is his large... He's a space turd. Most of the time he's red. Purple, actually. Uh, probably thinking of my first, but I remember one version he was definitely red, but probably mostly in Super, purple. In Super Metroid, he is red on the box. Okay, that's probably what I'm thinking of. And the original, he's like a purple color in... Uh, the Prime games, he's kind of a purple, dark blue, kind of metallic colors. 
Yeah, wasn't it like a Metal Ridley? Met, yeah, Metal Ridley. Mm-hmm. As it, like, yeah. And uh, there was the uh, X Parasite Ridley, which was bluish. Yeah, but also when he gets injured in that one, he turns more red, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, might be one of the other versions I'm thinking of. Yeah, it red. He usually dyes the color red. So yeah. in the two D games, so but that he's almost like a cross between a gargoyle and a dragon in some cases. Yeah, he's often referred to as a space dragon or a space pterodactyl. I like to think of him as a, as a space dragon because mm-hmm. he's you know. He's definitely more dragon-like, in my opinion. Yeah. Although he tends to walk on hind legs in a lot of scenes. I'm just saying the way he kind of broods and his his arching like thing it makes you think of like a gargoyle statue. Yeah, he yeah that I can I can see that. And the reason why I probably think dragon also he's he's a pirate, which means he's after you know loot and whatnot and mm-hmm. power, and that's a very dragon-like thing to hoard stuff like that. Yeah. But then again, you can also picture him being like a warding sign to anything trying to break into. Yeah, it's also very dragon-like. So. But as Samus' most recurring villain, he is a lot more interesting than, like, I want to say Bowser, because we've never had uh, Metroid Tennis for Samus invites Ridley to go playing tennis. He's a lot more interesting, but at the same time, the way he's presented in a lot of it, he's a lot more bland at the same time. Yeah, because we don't know much about him, that's kind of interesting. But at the same time, you just look at the games like, oh, you again. Well, I think the problem is that after this many games, he's making this many appearances. We know the exact same thing about him in every game, and nothing has changed about it. In other end, they gave him a species growth cycle where he starts off as this adorable fluffy bunny thingy, majig, and then becomes this angry, furry crocodile land thing, and then Ridley. And I'm like, I'm not opposed to Ridley having forms and like evolving into this big thing. I just don't understand it. Well, I think that also draws more question into Ridley's intelligence too. Like, is yeah. he like an like awesome he, species with high intelligence? Is but his... That also makes me ask, if he starts off fuzzy, is he mammalian at first? And does he like develop to reptilian? Can he shoot lightning? Is this where Pokemon started? Did the Federation start a Pokemon project and just drop it off on a goddamn planet? If we find that that Ridley is Arceus and he starts the Pokemon universe, I'll have a good laugh. Now I'm just picturing Samus coming to the planet, scanning everything, blowing everything up, trying to prevent another Ridley from spawning. I can see that. Um, <laughs> but we don't really... I, I, the only thing we know about Ridley is he leads space parts, he's the reason why Samus is an orphan, and he's really fucking hard to keep dead. Sometimes Samus does successfully like destroy him, but... Uh, there's a comic I read once, I think it's Awkward Zombie, where one space... Ra- I found his toenail! We can regrow him from cloning technology! Yeah, the one... Th- I will get the parts of one thing. The one thing they have perfectly mastered is cloning technology. Yeah. And Ridley's also... I'm not sure if it's his choice or the scientists that are space parts. Like to upgrade him. So it's not always just him genetically. Meta Ridley is the first time we really find out that not only do they, like, rebuild him, but they actually rebuild him. We can make like him the- stronger, faster, better... And without a budget! <laughs> but sometimes it's referred to metaverly, but he looks completely organic. And other times he looks more mechanical, and he's not metaverly. Well, I like to kind of go with they were trying for the more internal cybernetics. Yeah, there then... also is a mecha Ridley. Not to be confused, this is a pure robotic copy of Ridley in his spaceship. That's basically the 
flight system? I don't know. It's the final boss of Metroid Zero Mission. Well, we figured we tried the organic one. Let's try the metal one. <laughs> it was somehow lamer. Yeah, well, progress. I mean, it does. Uh, it is the only boss in that game that scales up with you. Like the more heart, ta- more energy tanks, the missiles you have, the harder it gets. But I've wa- I've never actually gotten a hundred percent, but I've seen the hundred percent fight, and like it doesn't look that impressive. Mm. He hits a bit harder, and he has more health. But yeah, um, really, kind of primarily, other than the space parts, and really, that's mostly it for most. Of the Metro games, yeah. I find, except for like maybe organisms living on whatever planet she's living on, except when you get to the Prime series. Yeah, I was always confused why some like the same wasp is on like four or five different planets. Well, I think that's more or less the problem with um, semi colonization of different planets. I guess, but one uh, bug gets caught on your ship, and you bring it to another planet, and there goes the ecosystem. True enough. I mean, there is there. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying, huh? All three Prime games have been shooting the same wasps and the same wasp nests. But um, there's really I can only think of like three other primary characters, per se. Mm. The first one, as we mentioned before, was the clones of Samus, the SAX. Yep. Which kind of freaks me out more than the other one, Dark Samus. Ah, that makes sense. I mean, Only I personally just more of them. Yeah. Um, also, the major difference is the SAX seem to be very instinctually based, while Dark Samus is definitely a plotter. Yeah, but it's the, it's the difference between you know Dark Samus literally is a cackling villain. Like you do hear her laugh several times. It's a very demonic and creepy laugh, but. It's slightly more creepy to just have this blank, soulless thing stare at you. Now, don't get me wrong. The SAX can still learn to a degree because they did a lot of things from yeah. copying things. So it's not they're like clearly, just, it's not they're like clearly, they're, they're Sam is crawling on the ground like an animal or anything like that. No, they're they're, they're smart. They're yeah. but they're not like grand scheme take over the world. They're using this intelligence they got. To fulfill their instinctual basics. Dark Samus is using the intelligence she has to conquer the universe. Now, here's the thing. The SAX is the ex-parasites that were being fed upon by the Metroids. When Samus yeah, Metro- the Metroids, they yeah. spawned like there's no tomorrow because their natural predator was gone. That's one of the things I like about the Metroid series. It's very good at showing cause and effect. Like, Yeah. Just, Take just a lesson, go- Namazu! Yeah. Uh, discovering of uh, discovering of this bizarre parasite that destroys all life. Okay, let's make let's create the perfect predator. Let's create Metroids, huh? Space parts discover Metroids. These things are perfect killers. We should genetically breed them for something. And thus, the entire Metroid series starts from there. Mm -hmm. Metroid One is space parts have found Metroids. The Galactic Federation looks at that and goes, oh, that can't be good. Were Metroid's also made for like an energy conversion system of some sort? Uh, no, the space parts are trying to figure out how to do that. Okay. That's their stick. That, and they want to weaponize them. They want to basically... Um, okay, so they weren't made for it, but they're engineered towards that at one point. Kind of, yeah. Um, okay. They naturally absorb energy from things around, anything living around them. Okay. I, I like to think that uh, one Chozo scientist who was working on the Metroid just kept adding new features to them. We'll like get we, the little like, teeth. 
Why? There's like, only two teeth. Uh, did, should we have like locked out um, rocks from uh, working on in the Metroid lab? Why? Oh, he's drunk sciencing again. Oh lord, what did you make now? Hey guys, look! The Metroids are, can now you know, mutate and get bigger! Look, I made one that can make more Metroids! Why would you do that? Well, it's huh. getting costly to clone them all. We only needed three! But they were so lonely with only three. They needed brothers and sisters. They're asexual! Fuck you! And that's why there's no Chozos left on SR388. They literally made their own death. Well, there's also no SR838 anymore either, so that makes it even more impossible. <laughs> to be fair, yes. But, yeah, space parts landed on SR388, the homeworld of the Metroids, found them, brought them to Zebus, used the technology of the Chozos there to start cloning them, because they naturally clone when you hit them with, like, I think it's beta rays? I don't know. I just know that they're successful to cold. Yeah, and their only weakness is cold, and the Galactic Federation keeps trying to breed that out of them. Yeah, that's going to be my other big problem with those people we get to in a moment. Yeah. Speaking of Metroid, Metroid is a Chozo word, meaning the perfect warrior. Which, yes, you can now call the main character of Metroid, Metroid, because she is a perfect warrior in their universe. Uh, I, I'm sorry... If your only main way of attacking is just to latch on and suck, I can't call you a warrior. To be fair, though, without cold, you really can't hurt or kill them until they evolve into alphas. What about the power bombs? They're immune to power bombs in most games. Fuck. Yeah. The only thing that hurts them is freezing them and then shattering them, which the missiles work by. The missiles are concussive damage. Don't ask. You know what? I'm going to get Princess Pizza's frying pan. <laughs> well, the, the Mario universe does have an ice flower. Mario, the new Metroid. <laughs> Here we go! <laughs> now I'm just picturing with a Starman with like five Metroids on. They're not dying, and he's like, "When this one runs out, I am a dead." <laughs> Goes to the ice level, they all jump off. Oh. Well, obviously, we know who the real one to be able to stop them would be. I just Luigi. said it. Princess Peach, he's got the frying pan. No, Luigi, because he has a vacuum cleaner that can shoot ice balls, and then he can suck them up or just smash them against each other. Fair enough. I mean, hell, Luigi's dealt with ghosts. Which is why, in my opinion, we should just leave the entire Mushroom Kingdom in Luigi's capable of hands. I thought we did. Uh, apparently not. We leave it in Peach and Mario's hands. No, they're just the front runners. No, they're the idiots. But um... They're the ones who keep inviting Bowser to tennis. Yeah, but as we said, Dark Samus, you want to give a brief history on that thing? I think I already did, but if not... Um, no, Metroid... we got talking about... Um, uh, let me, uh, okay, in that case, Metroid Prime, there's a substance called Phazon that's super, super radioactive corrupting plot MacGuffin stuff that is killing planets. Mm-hmm. Every time Phazon lands on a planet, it chooses the strongest species on that planet to be its protector. It chose a Metroid on Talon 4. It corrupted this Metroid into the Metroid Prime, hence the name. After Samus defeats it, it steals her suit, well, a part of her suit, corrupts that part of the suit, and wears it as a shell around its dying body to become Dark Samus. 
with the single goal of spreading Phazon throughout the universe. It does this by, well, eating Phazon to get stronger and then corrupting areas for more fit. Basically, she's able to eat Phazon and then expel more Phazon. Hmm. I don't really understand how that works, but um, it is incredibly dangerous because just being around Phazon can kill you. Like, it's Godzilla levels of radiation, only it's if Godzilla's radiation was sentient. Now I'm just picturing Sin Godzilla and just where that's going. I think that might be the origination. Yeah, that, that, that could be it. And I'm, I'd still put my money on Phazon, though, just because of its galactic levels of destruction. Well, no, no. See, Shin Godzilla is a constantly evolving thing. And if it just keeps evolving, it turns into Phazon. So this is the origination. So, the Earth, so Earth is planet Phase? Yes. I like it. We just uh, forgot about all the history because the Galactic Federation is a bunch of fucking morons. Yeah. yeah. The only thing smart they ever do is hire Samus. Which brings me to a semi-tension I have about this game. Okay. That I have a constant comparison to... Mass Effect in a degree. Yeah. Here's the, mass- the thing. Samus is the ultimate warrior, the ultimate badass, the savior of the universe, the one and only, and, and gets the job done. Yeah. I if For the game series, that's fine. I'm not going to argue it. Yep. My main critique is that due to this fact, everybody else in this series, except for a few maybe minor ones, Yep. Seems to be a goddamn moron. Or so, just pointless. Yeah. Main point, most of the Galactic Federation, especially in the game M Hates, where just about every bad decision was made. And then in Fusion, hey, let's clone all the things that Samus had trouble taking down. Surely we can handle it. Also, why don't we try and weaponize these clones of Samus that are already here? You know, the ones that are breaking, that broke out and are wrecking havoc at the moment. We can totally control nine mindless Samus clones. We can't even control the one Samus we already have. Fuck this idea. Seriously, who's on that Galactic Confederation? Not even the Krogans are this war happy. No, no, they're not. I'm pretty sure if the Krogans found out there was a space station with nine Samuses on it, they'd be like, can we avoid that? No, they start or- destroying the station, which is what the Galactic Federation should have been doing. I, all I'm picturing now is like, one of the SAX opens up a window on the space station, shoots down all the Krogan missiles, and just shakes her fist at the Krogan neighbors. Oh, this is going to come back to haunt us. <laughs> it, was, it was the Warlord's idea. He did it. Oh, you can't prove that. You're literally holding the new codes in your hand right now. But no, I'm just saying, the Krogan are war happy. I'm not going to lie about that. No. But in the relativity of this, I'd still side with them over the Galactic Federation. Yeah. Say it you will about the... um, It's a council in Mass Effect, right? Yeah, I believe so. I forget if there's a different name for it, but yeah, it's the council. Yeah. They actually come across as bureaucracy, but not completely stupid compared to the Galactic Confederation. Now, yeah. I'll say this about the Galactic Confederation. When it comes to actual warfare, yeah, they're better than the uh, the, whatever, the Alliance or the or whatever than Mass Effect has. They're 
much more willing to solve problems that need guns with guns. Yeah, but when the soldiers are th- sometimes that ineptitude with the guns. Like, yeah. I, I, I understand it's Like I said, Samus is the end-all, be-all, super soldier, warrior, slash whatever yeah. title you want to add to her. But that's the thing. That's what her games are built around. Her b- games are built around isolation. Where Which it's just her. Fine. All I'm saying is showing some of the other soldiers or other characters having some sort of level of competency only yeah. raises Samus to a higher level when she succeeds, in my opinion. Which is why I like Prime 3's opening stuff so much, where you actually do fight alongside other bounty hunters and Galactic Federation troopers. And they do end up helping Samus. But mm-hmm. after the opening... <laughs> okay, that being said, uh, when you invade the Space Pirates homeworld, Samus has to protect uh, Galactic Federation demolition troopers so they can blow open the door for Samus to keep going. And it doesn't feel like that bit of a babysitting mission, because these guys are okay at, you know, getting cover. Like, the space parts can just jump around. They're a lot more agile than these troopers, so it makes sense that... respect the way they're designed. Yeah. And these troopers are demolition guys. All they have on them is their demolition gear. They have, like, I think, basic guns, and Yeah, they're not a unit made specifically to fight, like, that style. I can understand that. Yeah, so it's just Prime 3 is pretty... And uh, Metroid Federation. uh, Prime Federations. That... Mm -hmm. The 3DS game. Those are the only two games where the entire... You know, Black Federation seems like they have intelligence. Like, oh no, wait, Prime Two as well. The opening of Prime Two, you're you're sent to rescue them, and you get to see them. You know what their protocols are, and these are you know, okay. These protocols make sense. You can see how this unit would survive on most planets. Aether is not most planets. No. And here's the other thing, just as a quick point. Yeah. The how do I put this? Now, like I said, the comparison I have with Mass Effect is that Commander Shepard is a very important person in his universe. Yeah, or her. Well, I say him just out of reflex, but it's whoever you want to make him, or her, or whatever. Uh, That's why when I talk about Shepard, I just say Shepard a lot. (laughs) I just say him as reflex, because when I first played I did my character's male, and it's kind of stuck in my head that way. I think I played one first male, two first female, and three. I don't remember. No, three. I three. I played. Uh, well, male we'll talk first. more about that in a later in the in a later episode. Yeah, but Shepard is a cog that without that cog, everything else stops spinning. Yeah, Shepard is probably the first. Shepard is definitely the first cog in that machine going. Yeah. And once you put that first cog in, all the other ones can fit in just fine. Mm-hmm. Now, you take Shepard out, the whole system does grind to a stop, but you could probably jerry-rig another few cogs to take Shepard's place. Or Not easily. Or other cogs on their own could probably still keep spinning. The, yeah. The Not, other characters are yeah. competent. Yeah. Mean, the difference is... Okay, if we're going to picture the, the Mass Effect universe works like a clock. Mm-hmm. You need all these gears, all these springs, all these cogs whirling together to tell time. They do it magnificently together. Samus is a sundial. Yeah. That's it. You put her down, job done. You don't need to, Now, like... I understand that Metroid is either, depending upon what you're thinking, a side-scrolling, Metroidvania exploring, shoot 'em up or a first-person shooter. Yeah, whatever. Or even sometimes maybe even a third-person shooter, depending upon it. 
not arguing that point. And Mass yeah. Effect is a third-person RPG, and there are two different elements to both games. I understand that, and that's... But, but at the same time, both of them involve stopping either un- unbelievably powerful aliens or cosmic horrors. But even with the Metroid games, especially in Metroid Prime 3 and, to a degree, other M, even though you don't like it, Yeah, it brought in other characters, brought in more in-depth story to a degree. Infusion did it. Yeah. And with that story, it kind of goes with the long of show, don't tell. You can emulate show that there's actually some competence in this universe. Yeah. Metroid is extremely good at ambient storytelling, but when they start bringing in people, foot goes in mouth real yeah. fast. The prime example is my real first problem with other M. Adam, I hate and like you at the same time, but telling Samus to turn off all her accessories, dumbest thing you've ever done. Now, I, I, I to play devil's advocate, I can understand, like, saying, no power bombs in the space station. No, look, no all I'm saying is keep all your armor on. Up yeah. to whatever high-level armor you have. How does her defensive items get in the way of her mission? Look, here's what I'd ask her, t- or ask her, tell, order, whatever, how you want to put it, not to use. The power bombs would be off-limits. The super missiles would be on a emergency situation only. The wave beam, no, that can pierce through walls, so that could yeah, cause shit. Plasma beam, emergency situation, because of how powerful it is. It's Speed not fully off the table, yeah. but let's hold back a little bit until we have a situational awareness. Speed booster, off, because that can wreck shit by going too fast. Screw attack, off. Mm-hmm. But space, space jump, jump. Space jump, leave that on. That's just for your movement. Yeah. Anything that involves you just moving outside of this uh, speed booster, fine. Powerball, fine. Morph or morph ball, powerball, whatever you want to call it, fine. The regular standard little power bombs you do when you're in that little form? Okay, yeah. that really doesn't do that much. Like, really, that's more for, like, opening little passageways. That's really not going to do yeah. anything. Yeah, that's... <laughs> um, Freeze beam? The, the ice beam? Let's keep that on just... You can keep it on, but try not to freeze everything. Yeah. Also, stop smashing everything. You, you freeze. You, we might yeah. need subject. Yeah. 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 But freeze it, <sighs> but don't break it. Yeah. Um. But no, everything must be off until I give authorization. You know, if I came across something that was going to try and kill me, I would say fuck regulations, plasma. It's dead. The worst part is she does this out of respect. I can understand doing stupid things out of someone you respect. Up until. You put yourself in danger. Look, like all I'm saying... The, the, the... Worst, the worst example is she's walking through la- a lava zone where the temperature is so hot, she's taking ambient damage. You go halfway through that lava zone, it's not until you almost die from a hazard that he goes, oh, you may turn on various suit now so you stop taking ambient heat damage. No, I would have walked in there going, shit, it's hot in here. Boop. Ah, air conditioning. On. Samus, why did you turn on? Well, it was either that or fucking fry my suit. Kiss my ass. Yeah. Now we don't even like they don't even do a good job of showing why he why she has respect for him. And the worst part is 
someone brought this. I recently watched a review of this. Someone brought this up because I was so mad at the game by that point, I stopped paying attention to what was going on. Mm-hmm. At one point, he shoots Samus in the back of the in the back, which turns off her suit for plot convenience, so they can have a heart to heart conversation without wearing their you know without her mask in the way. And he says, you can't go in there, Samus. This freeze gun is the only thing capable of freezing this genetic Metroid. I'll go in and sacrifice myself so you don't have to, and I'll destroy these genetically mutated Metroids that are immune to freeze beams, except for that baby one that I just shot and with my freeze gun. Bye, Samus! Yeah. And which is basically, in every other Metroid game, Samus would be the one to sacrifice herself, because that's her nature. She puts the needs of the many over herself. That, and I'm pretty sure she can survive the vacuum of space. I'm, At least for a few minutes. I'm pretty sure she's almost as hard to kill as Godzilla. Yeah. I, I like to think, you know, in terms of galactic threats, it goes uh, Godzilla, Frieza, Samus. Yeah. And the only reason I'm saying Dark Godzilla is harder to kill is because he survived the black hole. Yeah. And I haven't seen Samus do that yet. Yeah, but her alternate evil version survived the dimension collapsing on itself. And you kill that one easily, so... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like one of those little... Yeah. yeah. But, look, other M is just... There's nothing that game does right. Except for... The graphics are really nice for a Wii get to, for a, for the Wii. That's it. Wow, that's been it a does, while. It's still only on the Wii. The gameplay is terrible. Oh, but they just brought 2D Metroid to 3D. I hated that game's gameplay style because it took away almost all the gameplay choices. Like you could just mash the dodge button and the game doesn't punish you for it. You take zero damage and you get all these counter shots. When you have to backtrack. It does the ca- Crash Bandicoot backtracking of the camera is focused on going forward, so you're running into the camera and can't see where you're going. Hmm. It's a Metroid game. Even though this is a linear as fuck Metroid game, you are going to backtrack. Yeah. A lot. Backtracking in any Metroid game is like breathing for a human being. You kind of have to do it. Yeah, that brings us to the next point of um, conversation is the puzzles and the item collecting. Yes, good. Let's get me out. Yeah, get me out that tile. Now, um, this isn't like Legend of Zelda puzzle solving. I find no. The Prime games are the ones with the most puzzles, and I think they're actually either brainless or a few of them are actually pretty intelligent. Well, no, I'm just saying it, it, it varies. There's some like oh, just push this here, or blast that, and there's some intricate like shoot this in this certain order or something like that. But it's yeah. never quite Zelda deep in puzzle solving. I find no. But which. You know, Metroid is going for something slightly different than Zelda, so it makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, just as a comparison rule. Yeah. And the reason you do these puzzles is to get the reward. Either continue on with the story, or getting that sweet, sweet loot of being able to blow more things up. Yeah. Because I don't, I think you could probably finish most Zelda games with the, the least amount of items. Yeah. But yeah, there's always you, something like, there's, fun about getting all those items. Yeah, there, I, I, as a guy who loves the Metroid and Zelda series, like, I think they're probably like in my top three game series, mm-hmm. if not top four. Getting that extra big quiver for Link's arrow supplies—that's nice. 
finding an additional missile capsule after uh, a bomb puzzle. That actually feels a bit more rewarding. And the, in, and the thing is, you end up with usually around 200-plus missiles, and Link ends up with, like, 50-plus arrows. You should yeah, think... but I tend to use more missiles than I have arrows in Zelda games. Yeah, because the missiles tend to be... if Well, the thing is, actually, uh, I, I play Metroid games like most people play uh, JRPGs. I might need this Mega Elixir later. You're on the final boss, but there might be something after. I solve most of Metroid's problems with the, uh, with the power... with Just the beams. That's it. Unless the game forces me to use missiles, I don't use missiles. And unless it forces me to use super missiles, I sure as hell ain't wasting my super missiles. Yeah, I tend to do the Krogerot only because I know how easy to usually refill half this shit. Oh, yeah. I go for the overkill. Which is why I actually liked uh, Prime 2 so much, because it has... The beams have ammunition. Oh, shit, I have to waste ammunition? Because you need to use those beams a lot more than missiles. So it forced me out of my comfort zone, which made the game actually faster and more fun. Because, let's face it, using the dinky the beam shots when the missiles do five times the damage? Yeah, I yeah. think that's the other thing Metroid got right. It had the scaling of the weapons done in a proper sequence. Yeah. yeah. Because the, the missiles and super missiles, even after you got all the laser upgrades, still felt powerful and usable. Mm-hmm. They weren't just, oh, I got this upgrade. Oh, I got the next upgrade. These are completely useless. Yeah, but at the same time, you can just get easily by with just the beams. Mm-hmm. It, Samus is probably one of the best video game characters to make you feel like you're growing strong with her. Yeah. And, J- and JRPGs it always feels like enemies are the same level as you at all times. Most of them, yeah. Yeah. However, Samus... Just you enter a new area. These enemies you've never seen before are stronger than the ones you just were in. So they scale with you, but at the same time, you still feel more powerful. Mostly because not only are you getting like better weapons, but she's getting better move mobility. You know, she can space jump, which means she can instantly jump in the air. They upgrade the space jump layer to be a screw attack, so her jumps not only break walls but break enemies. Yeah, they were you, definitely like I said. It just felt like they had a natural progression of. Power to enemies uh, progressing as you went farther in. Yeah. And even some of the weaker enemies, they were just there because the area was different, but they were still one of the weaker species of it. Yeah. Going from one area to another, it, it felt more like a biosystem than it was like a level progression at some point. Yeah, yeah. Which is what you're you, actually doing. You're exploring. You usually the... start off fighting like bu- small bugs. Mm-hmm. Later and, on, you're fighting the apex predators. That makes sense. Yeah. But even, like, say you went to the lava area, you would find, like, this little fire bug that is pretty much the weak little bug thing for that area. Yeah. Or the crashed spaceship had these minute robots that really are weak. Yeah. It, it felt like each area still had a progression, but each area yep. was kind of its own ecosystem yep. or area for exploration, which is what the Metric Prime series was mostly about. Yeah. So, it, it, even back in the Super Nintendo one, because I don't know if... I never really played the Nintendos that well. But that's uh-huh. how I felt the Super N- Nintendo version, was that each area was its own yep. little area on the planet. Yep. And that's one of the things that I really liked about it. It felt um, like an actual living, breathing world. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by Metroid has this great, subtly storytelling. The environment itself can tell you so much. One of the best examples, which... Um, the remake of Metroid 2 fucked up, is when you're getting close to the Queen Metroid, 
you're getting into the Metroid's den. In the Game Boy version of that game, there's nothing. Nothing is alive in the Metroid lair. Why is that? Because Metroids are the apex of apex predators. What creature would wander into the Metroid lair and live? Fair point. But in the remake, it's crawling full of enemies. Mm. That kind of ruins that ambience. Because you're used to finding enemies constantly. Not just Metroids, but the local flora and fauna. Right. You, get to, you get to the Metroid lair, there's no noise. Just sounds as footsteps. Yeah, I'm turning around and leaving. Yeah, most people will be like, why did I? Where did everything go? Hello, this. hello, hello. Metroid scream. Yeah, we're leaving. <laughs> so that, it's that, more of an obvious thing with that than anything else. I can yeah, understand but that, that. That tells you so much that how fucking dangerous the Metroids are. Yeah. That they've picked this entire area clean. Yeah, granted. Uh, because they're so weak to ice, sometimes you kind of forget that they're an apex predator. Which is, it makes sense because in Prime, in Metroid Two, they hide in a in a volcano. Yeah, I remember that. So that's the, they're smart enough to realize there can't be ice in a volcano. How am I frozen? Oh shit! It's the killer. Run! Uh, but they also, when they become Alpha or Gamma or Omega Metroids, they're immune to ice. But they're no longer immune to missiles. Kind of an awkward process there, people. And that's evolution for you. It doesn't work how you think it would. You know, at some point you think they would try and... I mean, even if they're what, created, what I, what still I, a mutation system here. On a small biolog biological tangent, and make, I'm not going to say I'm a biologist, but I think what happened is to protect themselves from ice, they grew a hard carapace shell... But Samus's missiles are apparently very concussive, so she's basically just breaking the shell and cracking them like eggs. Mm, Metroid eggs. Samus's breakfast of the champions. That's why they went extinct. Not because she killed them all, but no, because she's using the eggs to make breakfast. So essentially, the baby Metroid's like that one time where you get really attracted. You you, you really dote on that baby chick. So you you take care of that baby chick, but at the same time, you're not afraid to eat like an egg egg sandwich in front of the baby chick. Oh, no, she got the baby chick so it could grow into a chicken and start laying her more eggs. She wants a breakfast. She realized that after I kill all these things, I'm not going to be able to eat breakfast anymore. All I can picture now is, like, uh, because we keep mentioning the Krogans, the Krogans trying to take a Metroid egg, and he just runs in the back room being killed by a baby Metroid. She's just like, amateurs. <laughs> hey, listen, all I'm saying is that if I had my choice, Samus would get the backup from the Krogans, not the GF. Not the GF. Yeah. All I can picture now is a bunch of Krogans willingly telling people, yeah, we're Samus' backup dancers. <laughs> hey, like, compared to what they, she's done, I'll go with, I'll be proud to be that. Yeah. Although I, I do like the image now of Samus just walking on the Normandy. He's like, I'm in command now. And Shepard's like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, but also at the same time, I don't see her doing that. No, because she's very kind of, I've always pictured that Samus is probably the most uh, introverted video game character ever. That's why she monologues so much, because she's not used to talking to people. She's just naturally introverted. Like she doesn't have much of a social need. She gets by fine with her books, and, you know, I can see her being a space cat. Well, he's got to appear in space somewhere. And that's hey, it. Like, that's, you know, that's it. Mario, you know, he wants to... Mario is, very, Mario is probably the most extroverted video game character. He's got to have parties going, 
tennis matches, go-karting. Well, he does all that because the cake was a lie. <laughs> Whatever. But he, he basically, he's like, I need the social attention. I need to make friends with everybody. And Sam's just in the background like, I'm fine by myself. Do people have to keep dragging me this shit? Now, like, maybe the reason why she's in Smash is people just kept bugging her so much. She's like, all right, I'll join you for one thing. The thing that I get to beat the shit out of all you idiots <laughs> so you can leave me alone. <laughs> So how hyped are you Dark Samus is in that? Woo! I don't care if she's an Echo Fighter. I'm gonna have fun. <laughs> how, I don't... how much more fun we have if she gets her Metroid Prime 1 skin? Or That'd 2, whichever one you liked. Oh, I'm hoping for the Prime 2 final boss. Yeah, I hope I for that. I forgot which one you liked it. My biggest... Okay, I really hope for... Smash Ultimate, I get a goddamn skin for Gandalf so I can put him back to Twilight Princess. I've never heard anyone say that Okria Time Gandalf is their favorite design of Ganondorf. Really? Really, I'm so sorry. I just don't like him with long hair. That's not the long-haired one. That's the uh, Hyrule Warriors one that has long hair. Yeah, but he had that weird thing. It was all it looked like it was all tied up. It just looked weird to me. Do you mean the rolls? Yeah. I like those, because it, he, he's from a tribe of warrior women. Of course he's going to have fabulous hair hey, rolls. Hey, look, it's a fine design overall. I just it wasn't that onto it, that's all. Well, okay, fine. Keep that weird giant... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like his Orca in Time face. I just don't. That's fair. I just want him to have his cape back, too. Okay, the cape, I'll give it. The, yeah, the cape... Also the metalist fuck's glowing scar on his chest. Go with that. Still disappointed that he can give a goddamn sword. Yeah. That anyway, anyway, anyway. Um I'm not here's the big problem I have with um Smash Ultimate because the Metroid. Who the hell do I mean? <laughs> Samus, Zero Suit Samus, Dark Samus, or Ridley. Hi Kirby, let's go suck things. Why wow, that came out wrong. You said that, not me. <laughs> Shut um, up. In Brawl my main was Sonic. Kirby. In Smash 4, I'm pretty sure my main was uh, Samus. Kirby. What uh, was the theme of that one? Yeah, we, we need to do a Kirby episode for you, don't we? <laughs> well, oh, don't, get me wrong, don't get me wrong, I freaking love the pink puffball, but not as much as you. I mean, well, I also used Pikachu, um, okay, Sonic I used for okay. a little bit. Small tangent, the best part of Brawl was the team-up of Samus and Pikachu in the storyline. That was so fucking cute! <laughs> I'm so... I, re, I love whenever I see people do fan art of Samus and a Pikachu. I don't like Pikachu, but when Samus holds a Pikachu, oh, God, I love it now. Simply because I just see her just giving it an apple and say, here you go, here's your lunch. No, I, I, I just see her, like, not, instead of having a space cat, her pet is a Pikachu. Like, that she comes home to a Pikachu and just has a fridge full of ketchup for it. Hey, it doubles his home security. <laughs> yeah, it does, considering how the Smash Pikachu is fucking deadly. Just picture this, just picture some um, pirate trying to sneak into Samus' ship. Somehow getting past the security, Lord knows how. And then find Samus' no, no, pet no. Pikachu. They got through because the Pikachu turned the security off. He was bored. <laughs> Dude, imagine if her Pikachu evolved into Raichu. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's another thing. Raichu's colorations kind of do look like the various suit, don't they? The same kind of dark purple. Now that you mention it. Dark, dark, dark orange, I mean. Yeah. Why do I say purple? Now I really want art of her and a Raichu. I'm going to have to go look that up now. 
Now I'm picturing a really big Alolan Raichu with Samus also running on his tail, surfing <laughs> and shooting space pirates, and they're just like, "Oh no, it's also a psych." So just picking up other pirates and just throwing them as ammunition. And there's just one space for like, no one told me this is what the apocalypse would look like. <laughs> I didn't think it would be so furry. This is both the most awesome, adorable, and terrifying thing I've ever seen in my. How long have I been alive? Oh, you just came to the cloning pod, so two days. Well, it was a uh, interesting two days. Yeah, none of us saw this coming. I did. Why didn't you warn us? I tried to. You didn't believe me. I don't right believe you. I don't yeah. believe. I don't believe you right now, and I'm being eviscerated by electric type Pokemon. How, why is this working? We're supposed to be immune to electricity. Okay. Um. Her alone right she would obviously know thunder would, no, would obviously know psychic would it know thunderbolt or thunder punch you know to get physical contact on Look, things I'm going off the anime show and it would know all those moves No I think the anime only uses four moves at times too Yeah but it doesn't mean it forgot any of the old moves cuz he still uses them in other places No no I, I still want to know what she would give her pokemon four moves Well I would still say thunderbolt because that is Devastating orb of electricity that just rampages through things. Okay, Thunderbolt and uh, Psychic. Psychic. Um, Fly for wh- why the fuck not? Yeah, it's our yeah. I I I agree with Fly over Surf. Um, Hyper Beam. Just because, because that's, that's of, hilarious to watch. Also, that's one of Samus's actual final attacks. Usually called Hyper Beam. Just so they're just fired. They're just fired. Hyper Beam together. Why is there a ball of energy forming? Oh god, it burns! <laughs> Just oh, no. picture this image: the space pirates open a door, and they're standing as Pikachu. Just open his mouth, and it's firing his laser. Uh, uh, no, what I just pictured instead is the Pikachu jumps on Samus's cannon arm, opens its mouth, and starts charging a hyper beam. She starts charging her hyper beam. <laughs> so it's like the uh, father-son Kamehameha. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Samus can now officially obliterate planets. We're fucked. Only instead, it's rainbow colored because her hyper beam's rainbow colored. <laughs> so it's like this is a better the... question for you. Won't Samus name the Raichu? That's a good name. A uh, good good question. I, I all I can think of is for some reason the first thing that comes to my head is Wimbledon. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's just Samus and Wimbledon on an adventure. <laughs> That's so silly, it's perfect for some reason. Samus Aran and Wibbledon Aran. <laughs> because and I, I see it wearing like its adorable like bow tie collar too. Oh god, it using quick attack. It, it has more than four moves, quick attack to semi-keep up with speed, speed boost. <laughs> no, 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 they're, they're surfing on his tail and he does quick attack. <laughs> to war, Wimbledon! <laughs> oh, that's too funny. I love it. If we ever get fans, someone has to draw Arnold Wimbledon for me. You know what? I'm commissioning that. And we're, we're going to have to come up with the design now. Like, yeah. it can't be just the basic Raichu. No. It has to be some Metroid Raichu mixed thing. Like, I can just see it. Like, you know how Pikachu and Smash has a hat? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it has needs... to have some sort of hat or something. Yeah, like... I guess it has to have a hat and a bow tie. 
And for some reason, I want to give it a DVZ Scouter. Yes! <laughs> I, the bow tie, it, it, it always goes like this before firing its laser. Yeah. It does that pull on the bow tie and I'll, ah! He just adjusts his bow tie and then just shoots the lightning out of his cheeks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who needs friends when you have a, when you have a ride shooter like Wimbledon? <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, just going to leave off with the last few minutes' thoughts. Because we are get, we're already getting close to another hour for this. We, with the previous episode, it's going to be another hour and a half. <laughs> so I'm just going to post up episode one with an ending and then put this up as episode two. Sure, sure. That's I'm not doing another... Um, 14? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, final thoughts about Metroid. Hyped is all hell for Prime 4. The only question I have brought Prime 4 is where it's heading at this point. Yeah, we know nothing about it, which is a terrible thing because we knew very little about Other M and that made my hype go crazy as well. Look, all I'm saying is I don't need another Metroid Prime like 1, 2, and 3 of involving Dark Samus again. No, I... I, I, I like the character, but there's such a thing as overusing it at this point. Yeah, if she comes back in Prime 4, it can only be as like a flashback. And I'll be fine with that. If they yeah. kind of used some of the storytelling from Metroid Other M, like in a proper usage, to get the story across, fine. Yeah. But don't make her the focus because it's just too much repetition, to my point. I'm going to add one other thing. I generally do not like retcons or moving a story from the continuity. I think that's cheap and lazy like you can always fix a story with hard work but other m is that one time i want to break that rule and say you can retcon it so if other if prime 4 comes out saying this takes place during that week other m was supposed to and it's, it replaces it i'd be happy enough that reminds me of something else we forgot to talk about other m entirely and we'll do I'm... that we we can save a waste of potential for that yeah but i'll just mention what it is just so you just so you have the idea Samus's uh, post-traumatic stress disorder with Ridley in that. Because <laughs> that was handled very poorly. Um, so much that is wrong. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to make fun of anything with the involving PTSD. No. Neither of it, us are going to say that. No. It's just that I, the way it was handled in the game, we feel, was terrible. It... Uh, Look, everyone has had their piece on that. If you really are curious what we think of it, just go on the internet for five minutes and look it up. But I'm just saying that, like, trying to involve that, I don't think was the bad idea. No. The execution is what the problem was. Yes. Because in everything in Samus' life, I could easily see her having this disorder. Yes. But... Maybe if they had tried to evolve that the way they did it in her early, early, early career. Yeah. Maybe that would have worked better, which is what I thought was going on. Only because I couldn't follow the Prime story for, or the Metroid series story with a shit at that point. Okay, I'm just going to say this. She fought Ridley in Metroid 1. She fought Ridley in the remake of Metroid 2. She fought him in Prime 1, Prime 3, Super Metroid. That's at least five, not counting the re the extra time she fights him multiple times in these games. That's five times she's fought and killed him before the sixth 
other M. Pretty sure by the time you've killed someone five times, you're not surprised he's coming back anymore. I mean, you can always have that rage and sometimes maybe a moment of hesitation. Fine. I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. But to entirely freeze up at their appearance? I got questions. Like, maybe if the environment resembled more of her childhood home? Maybe? I mean... PTSD is something that has triggers. I will get. I. I. I don't yeah, fully but, understand it from a psychologist yeah. view, an actual victim view. But the thing but, is, as I've just mentioned, she's fought him five times before, at least. Mm-hmm. None of them triggered it, so it's clearly not just him. Yeah, and I'm, like I said before, it's something that can be involved in the game. But the execution has to be right. They have to do some research into it to get it just that right. Yeah. Now, does it have to be exactly perfect? No. no. It's not... It, it, I don't think it's something Samus is ever going to perfectly emulate because of who she is. Yeah. But that doesn't mean she's not going to have some symptoms. Don't One of those symptoms, I think, is her always loner... Yeah. Standpoint is that she doesn't get close to other people. That could be one of the major things you can emulate through her because she has the PTSD. She's a loner. She doesn't know how to get along with other people. Yeah. And you, can make an, you, you, you can make an entire game around the fact that she's a loner, like mm-hmm. basically having her defend a place. And it's not because she's antisocial per se, because she did join the military. I'm okay with her joining the GF and getting some further training on military tactics. Yeah, maybe she something that Chosa didn't fully cover. Yeah, and spend time with humans because she mm-hmm. lived around bird people for years. Yeah, pretty sure some nuances of human culture she's missing out. Yeah, like I said in my other TMNT issue with Ryan, which will be getting up before this. Yeah, the TMNT were always alone with their master splinter. It doesn't make sense that they would always go out and talk to other people. They would. Even bringing in April O'Neil in the first one would be a huge step towards socializing for them outside their little coven. Social activity! Yeah. It's at a point that she knows how to interact, but just because she knows how to doesn't mean she's comfortable doing something. Or just because you know how doesn't mean you're able to do it every single time. Right. Just think of every person who's not pretty good at public speaking. You're doing it right now. No, I'm talking to you. I just had the recording and then I put it out there. If you put okay. me in front of a huge group, yeah, I'll freeze like there's no tomorrow. All right, whatever. To me, that's the exact same thing we're doing right now. Millions of people are judging you right now, Soul. <laughs> Millions. All right, I think we should probably actually come to a proper end to this yeah. Metroid episode. Well, we because... hope you enjoyed it. We hope you had a good laugh. If anybody out there wants to draw those Wimpleton pictures... Please. I will put them in. I will put them in in future episodes. Um, yeah, the descriptions or as icon cards. Uh, you know what? I want to commission <laughs> that. That is going to be the face of triggering chaos. Wimpleton, because... Wimpleton, the Metro. Oh no, no, no! We we need to do it instead. We need to give him ice punch. Yes, ice punch or ice beam. If you get, I don't care no, if Rice can't learn he needs those. A melee attack. Yeah. So, yeah, let's... We have just created the face of triggering chaos. Wimpleton, how the... random and chaotic it is. Wimpleton, the Metroid slaying Raichu. 
<laughs> okay, I'll, that, folks... on a small tangent, my brain just went to Samus and Wimpleton flying off in the sunset with Commander Shepard riding Grunt following them. <laughs> okay, good night, folks, before we keep going on more of a tangent with that. Bye, everyone! <laughs>